Hello, and welcome back to Cody Underground, the podcast. I am Cody Willard. You know that much. Well, maybe you don't. But it is May 13th, 2014. And today I am going to talk about how I launched a hedge fund. The help I had from Jim Cramer and Doug Cass. Drop a couple of names, I guess. I'll talk a little bit about 9-11 in that story. And I'll also talk about how to balance your portfolio. days after 9-11, I'd returned to Ground Zero, where I had been living and actually been home during that fateful day when those um, planes uh, had hit the buildings there in, World Trade, in the World Trade Center. I had actually taken my cat with me after I'd run from the collapsing buildings on 9-11, but I needed to go home and I needed my car because the planes weren't flying and my car was parked underneath the World Trade Center next to my apartment. I was actually about to move it for opposite side of the street parking when that second plane had hit. So at any rate, I had left that first day on 9-11 without my car, obviously. I'd been hiking up the the West Side Highway with everybody else who uh, had been corralled onto the highway. Um, a few days later, though, I'd used a gas bill with my address on it in Battery Park City and my driver's license with a matching address that I'd actually just received a couple days before 9-11 in the mail. And I had to tell the checkpoints and the officers repeatedly on my way down to my apartment down there in near Ground Zero, near the World Trade Centers, um, in Battery Park City, uh, that I had to get my cat out. I had to show them that gas bill and driver's license and tell them that I was rescuing a cat, my own cat. And when I finally got to my apartment building, it was being used as a rescue station. I had to weave through hundreds of cots lining the lobby of what had been before 9-11, a brand new pristine clean luxury apartment building. I packed up a bag of my favorite clothes when I got up to my apartment on the 23rd floor, as I recall, and grabbed my guitar, my laptop, and stuffed my pockets with a few random smaller items that I knew I wanted to keep, and basically left everything else there at the apartment and gave it, donated it to some friends um, later who went in and got it. At any rate, I weaved my way back down through the cots and out the back door to the car that to my car which was buried dug my car out of the ash and debris that were packed 12 to 18 inches tight on the car as that rain had combined with those ash and debris since in the days since 9-11 and to form some sort of a plaster cast looking thing and had to peel all that off my car and dig it out with all the debris and anyway soon I was on the road back up through Manhattan and onto the GW bridge and on my way back to New Mexico Within a month, I had settled into a rented bachelor pad apartment in Austin, but I wasn't content there because I wanted to move back to the center of the universe, New York City, and launch a hedge fund. For a couple of years or a year or so at that point, I'd been writing a telecom investment newsletter for thestreet.com, and Jim Cramer had become a fan enough of mine that uh, when the editor-in-chief, the late David Morrow, a good friend of mine, um, who passed tragically a couple, three years ago now, Uh, he told Jim that I wanted to launch a hedge fund, and Jim 
reached out to me and invited me to his offices in New York City to discuss it. So I literally sold that car that had been covered in ash and dust from 9-11, bought a new one, and drove back up to meet with Jim, uh, drove back to New York City. And Jim gave me the names and numbers of various contacts of his at Bear Stearns, Goldman Sachs, and other firms that provide what are called prime brokerage services and other resources for hedge funds. Um, he gave me lots of contacts, frankly, and Jim told me I could use his name, hey, Jim Kramer, when I called anybody so that they'd be sure to take the call because, you know, most people take, especially on Wall Street, sales guys take Jim Kramer's calls or take Jim Kramer's friends' calls. I'd long ago learned the importance of reaching out to anybody who can help you when you're starting a new venture or adventure for that matter. And J Doug Cass, by the way, was another Wall Street big shot who not only met with me and I drove down and met with, or I think I flew down and met with him in Florida. Planes were running again at that point. Uh, and he introduced me to several soft dollar brokers. And those are guys who help fund your hedge fund startup costs and pay for other expenses in exchange for you doing a corresponding amount of trading at their firm over time with your hedge fund's assets. And I was a trader anyway, and so it wasn't um, any big deal, except it did help me get my hedge fund started uh, with those guys as soft dollars. Starting a hedge fund as a recently laid-off telecom executive, as I was at the time, in the months after 9-11, as the stock markets were crashing, the economy was cooling, and fear, my own fear included, of course, after that 9-11 experience in my own life, was high. And that was not easy to launch a hedge fund in that environment. I will tell you, though, that 9-11 and the experiences and the fragility of life that it revealed to me certainly made it easier to take the risks of launching a hedge fund with um, not enough money really to do it at the time and uh, doing it in public as I did on the hedge fund uh, on the street.com after I launched my hedge fund. So at any rate, I eventually did get that hedge fund launched borrowing every dollar I could from my credit cards along with plowing every last dollar of savings I had into launching it and any money I had left at that point into the fund itself because you need to put some of your own money in a hedge fund when you launch it and with the help of Jim Cramer's contacts and Bear Stearns's prime brokers cutting me some slack and helping me get started even though I was much smaller than most of the hedge funds they were used to starting with, I got launched. And I eventually launched on October 1st, 2002. The NAS I launched a tech-centric hedge fund on October 1st, 2002, and the NASDAQ and technology, the sector of the market, bottomed exactly two weeks later. The next five years, the technology market more than doubled I had a great run in five years on my hedge fund buying Apple and Google and a few other stocks that really went on fire in the time that I had them. And, of course, I had some losses and some bad stock picks, too. But the winners outweighed the losers, and I made some good money for me and my investors. And I eventually closed the fund on October 1, 2007, to take a job as a TV news anchor on Fox Business. By the way, the market topped just a few months after that, eventually crashing in 2008 and 2009. 
that's how I got my hedge fund started. Along the way, and this is what part of today's point is, I want to mention how important it is and how hard it is and why you need to constantly take a look and review your own portfolio and the assets in your own portfolio. Because I used to meet with Kramer constantly, well, not constantly, but every once in a while, I'd get back with Kramer while I was running that hedge fund to discuss that hedge fund and the positions in there and the stocks and the markets and you know, whatever, all that type of stuff that you do as a hedge fund manager and as that Jim had become a legend having done for a couple decades as a hedge fund manager himself. I'd show up with a list of all my positions in the hedge fund in order of largest to smallest, and we'd go through each of them and rate each of them on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being, get out of this position now! And 10 being, sell the farm, I found a perfect investment! I've actually given a few one ratings before, not, I don't think of any of my own stocks. Well, I think Nortel, after they declared that they'd been defrauding us investors, that went, quickly went from a seven rating to a one. But at any rate, I've never given a 10 rating because there is no such thing as a perfect investment. But using that list and those ratings along with the analysis and discussions that Jim Cramer and I would get into in those meetings, I'd leave those meetings with a good grasp of what stocks I should be buying more of or trimming some of or even in the, the stocks that I should be selling entirely or starting new positions in and buying new stocks. I started creating that list of positions and that were in the fund by order of their weighting in the, in the portfolio with ratings on each in every one of those stocks. And I did that each and every weekend in order to analyze the weighting and whether I was properly balanced in the fund constantly. Now, my style of investing and trading is vastly different than Jim Cramer's and always has been. And if you read his first and best book, by the way, he talks about how he did that kind of listing, weighting, and rating in his portfolios much more often than just once a week, including sometimes, I think, several times a day, as he talked about in that book. Nowadays, as I manage only my own money, my ratings and weightings don't change nearly as often as they used to when I was running a big fund. Not a big fund, but bigger than the money I'm running right now in my own. Your style of investing and trading should also be unique to you guys. But no matter what, whether you're just in mutual funds, money market funds, or have some cash in a savings account, you should take print out a list of all your assets and all your major positions in any of your portfolios, look at them together, and get a, put a rating next to each position, even if you're just in mutual funds or retirement accounts. And that should then, if you're that kind of a guy, you probably only need to be doing that maybe a couple of times a year rather than once a week, or as I do it now, I'm probably about once a month that I print out and look at all my portfolios and list them by weighting and rate each position. I typically look to sell stocks in my portfolio if they fall to a rating of six or more for more than a few months. Again, I'm doing a scale of one to 10, 10 being perfect, one being disaster. Most of my existing positions are almost always between a seven and nine. When they fall to six, it's a red flag. And if it's there for very long, I'll sell the position or close the short or get out of that position, whatever the case may be. And I also look to sell any stock or cover any short that falls to a rating of five or below. And I do that immediately if they fall down five or below. Six, I can tolerate for a little while. Five or below, I'm out. Finally, I keep a list of stocks that I track 
and that catch my eye when they get higher rated. When I see a nine rated stock that's not in my portfolio that I've been following, well, like example for example with some of these recently uh, co- collapsing high fl- but formerly high flying momentum stocks in sectors like cloud, social, and digital security. Those stocks have been absolutely decimated, and the trashing across the board in those stocks means that there have been some good stocks that have been sold down as hard, or maybe even harder than some of the bad stocks. And I actually am picking out two or three names right now, including Yelp, that I'm buying. And uh, because it's a nine-rated stock, I didn't have it in the portfolio yet, but I'll be scaling into it some this week and building it up into a full-blown position in my portfolio uh, in the next week or two. It's strange sometimes when you look back, isn't it, and see the paths that your life took. And I was a telecom executive till a week before 9-11, and then I became a hedge fund manager, and then I became a TV anchor. And Wow, it's been a while, I guess 12 years since 9-11, but since the day I dug that car out and went to Austin and then decided I actually should get back to New York and be a hedge fund manager, my life's... has taken some pretty crazy strange pretty strange turns today's song is Spit on a Stranger by Pavement one of the great college indie bands of all time saw them in concert back in the day when I was in college tiny little club in Albuquerque one of the first concerts I ever went to actually That's Cody Underground. I'm Cody Willard. Peace.